0: Today's Gospel reading is from Luke chapter seven. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And a woman in the city who was a sinner, having learned that he was eating in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he replied, speak. A certain creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debts for both of them. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the greater debt And Jesus said to him, You've judged rightly. And then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has bathed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Hence, she has shown great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. But those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. The gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, Allison. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace this morning. Every Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. when I was in Divinity School in New Haven, Connecticut, I would hop on my bike and pedal over to the poorest neighborhood of the city where I would eat breakfast at the Catholic Worker House. This house, run by faithful Roman Catholic laypeople, was part of a movement started by Dorothy Day, dedicated to creating spaces of welcome and hospitality and abundance in neighborhoods filled with scarcity. It was a remarkable breakfast table. Former drug dealers conversed with folks experiencing long-term homelessness. Day laborers who spoke only Spanish would pass the scrambled eggs to single mothers holding their infants. And because even as a grad student, I was wealthier than Everyone at that table, I felt it was right that I should bring something to contribute. It started out small a jug of orange juice or half and half for the coffee but my con- contributions gr- got progressively bigger thick cut bacon or a package of fresh baked rolls. And I remember there was this one morning that I got up super early and I cut up a bunch of fruit, apples and grapes and oranges to be sure, but I had also splurged and got kiwi and pineapple and mango and I balanced the bowl on the back of my bike and I took it to feed these people who were in need and I was so proud of it. And I put it on the table and people started to eat it And the head of the Catholic Worker House pulled me aside. And he said, Joel, you are always welcome here. But you're a guest, the same as anyone else at this table. You don't need to try to host this meal by bringing food every week. Let us be the hosts and you can try being on the receiving end of the hospitality. I was confused. This was my time to share. These were my gifts to give, and I resented that they weren't welcome in this place that purportedly existed to welcome people. But the next week, my bike rack was empty when I rode up to the house. I had heeded the advice and arrived to this morning gathering with nothing but my hunger. And I felt a little awkward, empty-handed, as I took my place at the benches around the table between a woman who lived with schizophrenia and a man who had recently gotten out of prison. And here's what happens when you sit at a breakfast table between a woman with schizophrenia and a recently released prisoner, and you don't have anything to offer them— you let him pass you the cream for your coffee. Watch her wink as she slides another sausage patty on your plate. As you eat breakfast together, as you take turns hosting each other, showing hospitality to each other in small ways, you have to grapple with the fact that they are equally as human as you are And that their lot in life could have so easily been yours. And this is perhaps why I was always so keen to bring something with me. That food that I would bring served as a buffer against this uncomfortable truth that my life could have turned out so differently and that humanity was springing forth in these people that were so different from me. My desire to play the host was really my desire to mark myself as different and better than other people. It was to convince myself that I was in control and able to provide for myself. This must be what the Pharisee from today's story feels like. He might not have a bowl of cut fruit, but he does have something to keep this uninvited woman at arm's length away from the table. And that is a story he chooses to tell about her. Specifically, it's a story about her sin. The text doesn't give us the nitty-gritty details of whatever this woman did, but we do know that telling a story that focused on how she was sinful in the past allowed this man to feel like he was in control and to deny her an equal place at the table. And that's true, isn't it? As soon as we figure out a way to tell a story that removes our own sin and highlights the sin of others, it's easier to keep them out. It's easier to see them as less than deserving or even less than human. It's easier to be okay when they suffer. So this Pharisee, he tells a story about this woman's sin. And the reason he does it is to keep himself from actually engaging her in any sort of meaningful way. And Jesus interrupts this story. Do you see this woman Jesus asks. Do you see a human being here or just the stories you tell about her? Do you see an actual person here, full of complexity and pain and hope and regret and dreams, just like yourself? Or do you see an excuse to feel better than someone else or better than somebody else? And then Jesus points the way forward. Now, if you're bringing bowls of fruit so that you can feel more important than the ones you're sharing a table with, the way forward is to stop bringing bowls of fruit. But if you're telling stories that highlight other people's sins so that you can deny them an equal place at the table, the way forward is forgiveness and mercy Forgiveness is that notion that what a person has done in their past doesn't diminish their humanity in the present. And by forgiving this woman, Jesus is forcing the Pharisee to tell a different story about her. By forgiving her, he is telling the Pharisee that she doesn't belong off in the corner weeping, but at the table eating. Forgiving this woman is as much about the Pharisee as it is about the woman herself. Sharing a table and food and forgiveness with others can change us as much as the people we share with. We have Kate Anderson here today from Lutheran Social Services. She's going to talk to us about the hard and good work of resettling refugees in the United States. There are some stories we hear about refugees that highlight sin and keep us from inviting them to our nation's table, aren't there? Stories about how Maybe they're terrorists. About how maybe they're going to take jobs from people who were born here. About ways that they start out small, but soon there's so many, and they overrun our communities. But these are stories we can only tell when we feel like we're hosting and in control and in charge and superior. And Jesus interrupts those stories, too. And Jesus interrupts those stories at this table that we share. Because at this table, there is no human host. We don't get to host, not even if you're a pastor. We all are guests of the one God whose love stretches out to every speck of creation At this table, we can't bring a bowl of cut fruit. We have to come with empty hands and grapple with the fact that each one of us is equally human. And at this table, we can't bring with us the stories we tell that highlight other people's sins because we have to recognize that each one of us is in need of the mercy and forgiveness we encounter in this meal. May God connect us through our empty hands. May God crumble division between us in the stories we tell and forgiveness we offer. And may God widen the tables in our homes and schools and workplaces and nation to be as big as the table God sets among us here. Amen.